Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today wanted to show show off their hometown Miami heritage and take it to the next level while adding a little bit of pincho adobo to their brand. Please welcome the owners and creators of the 305 brand clothing brand, Lino Cotto and Emilio Armada. What's going on, guys? Hey, bud. How's it going? How's it going? How you guys been? My number one question I always like to always ask, of course, is, um, you know, and I always, of course, appreciate you coming on for lunch, but what is your go-to lunch sandwich? You know, I'm going to let you go first because I think mine's going to be long-winded. Okay. Um, I'll keep it simple, man. My, uh, I I don't have, I mean, I have a couple of folks. It depends on the mood that I'm in. My uh, absolute favorite is always the pan con bouquet. But that's like a, I mean, I I tear that down. It's a nap time right afterwards. Um, I'm also a really big fan of like a good rye sandwich. So, or I'm sorry, pastrami on rye. Okay. And um, so my answer is exactly the same, except uh, I could probably talk about it for the whole podcast. Um, Also, I want to admit, man, I'm a, I'm a, not only uh, appreciate you bringing us on the show, I'm a big fan of the show. So I've been answering this question in my, my head for a couple of weeks. (laughs) So, so, so pan con is like your, and the same thing, a pastrami on rye as well. No, just the pan con but just to clarify, like the reason why it's such a special uh, sandwich for me and also for anybody who's not Cuban or is not familiar Pancomiste is a Cuban sandwich that is basically steak, yep. um, a steak sandwich. And the way they make it, they, you know, they, they use a flank, flank steak mm-hmm. and um, they cook it in onions. And they, if they're good, they'll put a nice generous amount of mayo on yep. it. And what's called um, their little chips. Uh, I always, the you name always, the Americans, always the Americans the call it potato sticks. There you go. Exactly. We call them papitas. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's incredible. My mom would come home from a long day, only child, latchkey kid. And uh, on occasion, she'd bring a pan con biste. And on top of, hey, mom, mom's home, she'd bring this really cool sandwich. Yeah. So it became like, you know, I'm a, it, it became a very special sandwich for me. And, uh, you know, because of that, it's kind of um, one of our favorite things to play with in our designs as well mm-hmm. and do you use do you like it comes you you enjoy it because usually of course in miami it's cuban bread uh, mm-hmm. is, uh usually how it's done um if you were to get there's not many two places that do pan con bite, uh i mean obviously cuban restaurants uh and bakeries and stuff like that will do it but um but yeah that's a that is always a good one you can't really go wrong and and it makes sense that you do incorporate it to your designs because you do have it as um, one of your designs, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of them and where you guys get inspired, but is, uh, is like a tag team, uh, duo of yeah. which is, uh, which is a great sticker. I think it was a shirt at one point, but I know it's a sticker for sure. Um, you know, so that, and that's always a good one. So I kind of wanted to ask, you know, I want, tell me a little bit about how the two of you met. Um, and then what made you guys decide to team up to create 305 pride? Yeah, great story. Um, I've by um, I'm a designer by day and uh, an avid gamer by night. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm a designer is my day job. So I've been designing for about 20 years now. And um, Lino reached out to me as a to get some work done. He was starting his his uh, printing company, and 
you know, we just, we hit it off. I designed all his branding for uh, Hale Inc. And it was just, you know, we really vibe because he has a really cool sense of humor and we were able to kind of bring that fun and whimsical kind of approach to his branding. So it just became a thing little by little. I kept working with him and we just, every time we would talk, it would, we'd start to talk about other things. So then a couple of years passed, you know, I'm working on my own thing and he's doing his own thing. And uh, sure enough, um, I was kind of working on the idea of 305 Pride. Like I literally had pins, just pins, because I didn't have the budget right. to do something as extensive as a clothing line. But um, not to get too far off topic, but me and Lino both have experience with our own personal brands in the past, right? So this was uh, this was our second go round. Um, but at this point, all I have is pins and I'm really excited about the whole thing. He basically reached out to me and almost like the, the clouds parted, he reached out to me saying, hey dude, do you, um, if you're interested in starting something, I'm ready. Cause I'm, you know, I've been working with all these people but I'd like to build my own dream in not so many words, yeah. right? Cause uh, that's the thing, when you work for other people you're kind of helping them build their thing. And here's this opportunity, we have the skill set, but you know, time is a thing. So you got to kind of find the energy to pour into that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add on to it um, real quick because I don't think Emilio remembers it, but I actually had reached out to him even before the printing business uh, on that first brand. And that's when you did those designs for me, like the Empire State of Mind and mm -hmm. things like that. So when I was ready tra to transition to like a full-time printer, I was like, man, you know, I need to step away from like the uh, branding because it's just not what I was really great at. And I was already such a fan of his artwork that I'm like, hey, man, come on in. I don't I don't need this hanging over my head. I don't want to spend days trying to figure out what works. Just, you know, I trust you. Here's kind of what I'm going for. And uh, and he took it from there. And I think a few years after that, um, I was getting burned out. You know, you start working and you start doing things for other people. And I was like, man, I don't want to lose the passion for this yeah. thing. So I need to kind of like have this little thing of my own, but I can't do it alone either. Not, not only because it's just so much work, but just because it's no fun. Yeah. So he was the perfect person. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there with my phone in my hand and I'm like, oh man, do I really want to burden this suit? Like, he's probably like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like Instagram, just another DM. And we were chummy, but I, I just mean that in the sense of like, just another thing on my to-do list. And I had hit him up and, uh, and dude, immediately he replied and it was that same, you know, like, man, that's perfect. Look at what I'm currently working on. I just don't have t-shirts. And then from there, it was like, man, like just going downhill, you know, like everything was just already set in place. It was like, Oof, all right, let's go. Let's get to it. So then let, let's let's back up a little bit here because now you, you you got you piqued my interest. What when you guys had different brands before, were the brands the same concept, Miami style, Miami themed, or were they like or, or was it something totally different? Uh, you know, or was it all in the same line that you both had and you just kind of blended them together? Totally different. Yeah, no, I didn't even know Lino at the time. My first uh, brand was called uh, Rocket Science, spelled in a funky way. And we did that in like 2006 during the whole streetwear yeah. blow up and tons of lessons learned. 
you know, we blew through a ton of money and um, it's just, it, I carried it around for a long time because every time I saw an opportunity to kind of revisit the business, it just, I couldn't get rid of it. I had to, I just had to get back into it. There's something really special about the t-shirt yeah. and how it works as a canvas for mm -hmm. creativity. No, I agree. Lino, what about you? What was your brand? Uh, what was your brand about before? So uh, me and a couple of buddies had just gotten into CrossFit when that was like the yeah. thing, you know, and uh, we started slinging shirts like CrossFit. It was Hale Fitness Apparel, which is where I got the name for the print shop from. Um, but none of us had like an artistic background mm -hmm. and it was really, you know, kind of like bootstrappy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the designs were very basic, very yeah. cringy, um, but they did well because we were, you know, at all the events and stuff like that. And out of curiosity, Emilio, did like, did you also, were you part of a group? Was it just like when you started that other brand? Uh, was that like you did it with a bunch of a few other people or was it just uh, was it just you at the time? Perfect question. Uh, my buddy and me started that brand. We were like um, my childhood friend. Yep. We grew up in art school and he was, a, you know, he was really good with creativity as well. And unfortunately, he passed away the like a week or two before Lino reached out to wow. me. So part of the story that I actually uh, forgot to mention is I was in a very sad place yeah. and part of my motivation to push the brand was, you know, my, my buddy was a dreamer and he was my, you know, he was my partner with the other brands and uh, something told me, man, I really need to get on the ball. Like I had, for instance, the pins and all that stuff that I had there yeah. and the website was all done maybe for like six months and I just wouldn't pull the trigger. And sure enough, not only um, did everything kind of happen in a divine way you know he he like hit me up randomly uh you know without me reaching out to him he just out of the blue and uh i i'd be lying if i didn't say i had like a tear in my eye when he did yeah. it you know it was really really important really special and 305 pride was always the name that you had for it or did you guys come up with the name together or how did that go so um <clears throat> in the original brand that i was working on i was playing with um doing shirts that were, you know, like, um, uh, I would have a couple of designs that would play, tr pay tribute to the, to Miami. So I had stuff that was like 305 pride. And I also had a bunch of 305 shirts and they, they perform really well. Yeah. And they were helping, uh, the community was really around it and it was growing the brand a lot. So I felt like, man, you know, I really do like that space. There's, it feels like it's a little underserved in the sense that, you know, there's so much culture and there's so much that uh, can be done with it. So I was always playing with 305 Pride. It didn't really occur to me to use it as a brand by itself until a couple of years ago. Okay. And so let's tell folks, tell folks about, because obviously we've mentioned a few things, how it kind of came about, but tell folks that use it, you know, always better to hear it from, uh, from the creator or the owner. What, tell folks what 305 Pride is. Great. So 305 Pride is, is basically our view on Miami growing up here, how we've interpreted our life here. You know, there's so much, like I said earlier, culture as far as we, we are both uh, Cuban, 
Cuban descent. I'm also half Dominican. And um, if you live in Miami and have grown here by proxy, you're sort of Cuban because the culture is so is so big here. But there's um there's like a meme that goes around if you've ever seen it that says uh, Miami's not Florida, right? Because we're it's almost like you're entering a different mm -hmm. place when you cross that line. Yeah. And um, it's just the brand is our point of view on it because to be honest with you, even if we tried to rep represent all of Miami we would fail. It's such a melting pot of cultures. So because me and Lino, we, we um, share so many similar um, interests. Like, yeah. And our upbringing is very similar. We enjoy the same cartoons growing up and we were we're 80s babies. So we like all those, those, um, you know, those great cartoons and those great movies. So we like to play with pop culture and we like to, you know, put our own little spin sense of humor. There's a lot of Spanglish in our design as well. Yeah. You know, we we like to play with all those things. And I think it, part of what's great about, you know, the brand is that it's kind of an expression and it's evolving at all times. So right now, even as I'm speaking, it's almost hard to pinpoint exactly where we are because we're always kind of figuring out exactly what we want to do. We just like to, we like to jump around and be creative. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of this stuff, like, you know, it's not, not to sound like trite or anything, but like, man, it comes from our soul. Like, we're not doing anything because we think it's like a hot ticket item. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like the pan comite design and stuff like that. Like, that's so niche. But like, he showed it to me. He's like, all right, what do you think best embodies, you know, this food group? And then he like, just shows me a picture and I'm like, I'm dying. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care what it takes. We're doing this. You know what I mean? Like whether we sell one, two, 200, it doesn't yeah. matter. This is for me. Yeah. I'm going to wear this. No. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's crazy because the sticker has been ready for a long time. Coincidentally, we haven't printed the shirt for whatever reason. Um, we were just lining it up. We, we had a couple of things that we we're doing before and, um, you know, you reached out, to, to do the podcast and he was coincidentally working on the design to get printed and it's a sandwich design yeah. makes sense <laughs> for the uh, the best sandwich podcast yeah. on the market bro like you know that is uh so, that is pretty uh pretty remarkable uh do, i always <laughs> i always like to tell people where i kind of meet or how i kind of even we met up and like emilio and i actually met up because I believe from my, from my understanding is he pretty much started listening to the podcast because of a previous guest that's a uh, Miami based uh, and one, and someone I've worked with in the past uh, Fricks 84 from toy snobs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he found out about the podcast, started listening. And then um, what I loved about him is that he was just reaching out and it was just kind of like, um, something very similar to what I would do sometimes where I like, if I like somebody, I like start reaching out and start thinks that, you know, bringing up things. And he and I kind of just got, I literally, we've never, like, we were actually meeting for the first time as on the podcast on video, but for the most part, we've actually left video recordings to each other and communicated and talked, uh, you know, for a good chunk of time. And, uh, and I really liked what they're creating and what they're doing. And I, and I kind of was like, man, I'm like, I really want to have him on the show because I kind of want him to be able to share his story because um, I love showing, I love being able to kind of cheerlead and showcase everybody, whether you've been in the business for a long time or you're starting out, if it's something a little different or something that you're kind of doing, I kind of want to be able to do that because like, you know, 
what's interesting about you guys is that, you know, your brand is, is technically your brand is young because it's 2021 uh, is when you guys started, mm -hmm. but you guys have like kind of very similar story to mine in the sense that I started a clothing brand way back in the day, like in the night, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and it just kind of stuck with me. Like I kind of always, I somehow always wanted to go back to t-shirts, even though there's like a love hate with it. And we'll kind of talk about some mm -hmm. of that. Um, but there there's like, there, I always went back to it. Like that's kind of where I, my happy place was that. Um, so that was one of the big reasons why I kind of wanted to chat with you guys. Cause I also kind of wanted to hear a little bit and learn your story of how you guys kind of met with each other and how you guys kind of work together as well. Cause it's always, that's always an interesting dynamic when you're dealing with, uh, two different people working on, you know, that one does concept, one does the the design, one does the printing, but like how you guys all kind of do all those things. So um, I find that to be very, very interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm super glad. I mean, hey, that's kind of how it is. That's kind of how I started, right? You, you listen to me and you work, you reached out. And I think that's so important when you're, when you're working with someone or talking with someone. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, because the concept uh, that your concept obviously is something it's I've there's other brands that there's other, obviously other brands. So I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, like you, even though I know that you guys started, like I said, in 2021, there's a few other brands inspired by their Miami love, like the love of Miami mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What do you think has been your recipe so far for success um, in the short time that you guys, as you guys are doing it, I think Lino kind of already gave an answer with the whole idea that you guys put your soul into it because it's something that you love and you're doing it for you. But what else do you think is another recipe that's kind of leading to, you know, maybe it's experience things that you've learned, um, that's kind of helped you the second time around, but what do you think has been your recipe for success? Well, man, great question. Okay. So there's a couple of things. So the experience from the previous brand really does come into play. Me and Lino early on made some very pivotal and important decisions. Like, for example, you won't find a, a, a color shirt on our website other than black. We made a decision early on that for production purposes and for agility, we would keep it simple, black shirts. And on special occasions, maybe we'll do a different color shirt. I think early on, a lot of brands make the mistake of trying to offer too many options. And then you get yourself into a, a mess because then you got to restock that one color. And you know, there's enough going on. You don't need to complicate your things with an extra color shirt. So for us, that was a very uh, important decision that we, for the most part, have stuck to. And um, other things that we do, like, uh, the, the Miami space is competitive from a creative standpoint. Like there are a ton of brands. There are a ton of, um, there's, there's a big meme culture down here. There's only in date. I don't know if, yep. if that's popular outside of Miami, but, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's very pervasive here. Kind of like Florida, man, there's always content on there. It's its own kind of form of world star hip hop. So we have like a ton of Miami isms and things that happen in Miami and we kind of um put our own little spin on that put our own flavor on that and what's what I think is helping us a ton is because Lino is uh an incredible manufacturer in the sense that he takes his craft very seriously and he's very uh fast with what he's doing and on my end I um I have experience as a designer but also you know as an illustrator. So I'm able to do uh, not just the design, but all the marketing that goes around it together. We have a very strong and fast, uh, you know, um, a combination, 
right? So that gives us the ability to act quickly on a design. Just for example, there was um, uh, Alex Rodriguez did an interview and he said, I'm from the hood in Kendall. Now, if you're from Miami or South Florida, Kendall's a part of Miami, basically. And Kendall is not really considered the hood. It's actually considered a pretty nice neighborhood. Yeah. So when he said that for Miami people, we all kind of went nuts. It became a meme. And we were agile and fast enough as a design and print team that we, we actually had a shirt out like within days. But like and we a brought physical, it out to market quick. Yeah. And we were able to kind of, you know, capitalize on that whole thing. And that's not necessarily what we want to be known for, but that's just something we can do. And that's kind of an advantage that comes from having, you know, both, you know, the design and the manufacturing side as a team. Yeah, no, it definitely makes things very easy to do. It also allows you guys, um, since you have both sides, I mean, I, I can, I can speak at least on my side, where I have to plan ahead and I have to buy, do things in larger quantities. You guys have the ability to kind of go smaller and be able to kind of be, mm -hmm. you know, be able to do something like that where you're like, Hey, let's just do a do two dozen shirts and see where it goes, or maybe even put it up on the site and see where it goes and do pre-orders um, and things like that, just to kind of see how the market goes. So I definitely understand that that's one of the, the positives of what you guys which makes a great, um, you know, recipe for success. What do you think has been the toughest growing pain so far? Oof. Time. Um, yeah, time, but also, um, you know, it's such a, such a busy market. Like you said, it's so hard to stand out. So I think trying to get exposure is always very challenging. Um, we have the best success at like live events and things like that. Like, uh, man, there's just, you know, there's no easy way out or no easy way home. Like you got to put in the work um, and then factoring that in with just full-time jobs and families and stuff like that. That is the grind that nobody talks yeah. about. You know, it's not just put it up on the website and oh, sell these like hotcakes. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Not today. You got to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many facets to it, right? Mm -hmm. What's crazy is um, a lot of people, it really, at the end of the day, you want to keep it as simple as possible because it's so easy. It's going to complicate itself. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of time. So like whenever you can, just keep it as simple as, as possible. Because for instance, you make a design, then you mock it up, then you market it, but then you have to prep it for print. You got to get it to uh, Lino, then he has to do his whole magic trick. But then even when you have it um, all mocked up, you have to set it up on the website, right? Then you have to properly push it, figure out if you're going to do a campaign, see if it's uh, maybe you want to do some kind of um, uh, influencer marketing or PR or reach out to people. So there's so many facets to just doing one design that, um, you know, it's easy to get stuck in the weeds there's so much to it and that's why i said i mean the easy answer that's the long answer yeah. but the easy answer is just time yeah no i think that i think you guys are very accurate on that and there's a lot um even though you guys have the flexibility and the adaptability to move fast there's still so many different elements and it's just the two of you so it's kind of like trying to balance it and trying to figure all that what has been, uh, Lena, you mentioned um, the live events or, you know, doing stuff in live. I think that's always obviously a good, a good option uh, to be able to do. And I know you guys did like 
three oh like you guys were a part of three oh five day uh in Miami, which obviously makes total sense. Like that should be like your holiday, like your like it, your national literally. holiday every single year. Three oh five should be like mm-hmm. on your calendar as like your biggest year besides probably your anniversary year um of your business. But um what how is how is how I've seen like some of the videos and pictures and stuff like that. Like, are you guys looking to like always constantly do live local events um, in the area? Cause obviously you can, you know, you have a certain radius, obviously all of Miami, but you can probably go up, you know, Fort Lauderdale and kind of go on to all that type of area as well, possibly, um, you know, and go to those areas. Cause I know like Atlantic has a, like a market vendor, you know, vendor markets mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How are, how have been, how are those going and, and how, uh, how are you looking at events to kind of be able to create placement for yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like there are more markets now than there have ever been. Maybe you could speak yeah. to that more, Biggie, since you've been, um, you know, you've been around a little longer with your brand. Yeah. But it feels like there's no, uh, there's no, shortage. there's yeah, there's no shortage of places to go. Yeah. You can legit line one up every weekend if you wanted to. So at because summer is so brutal down here, we're just being a little selective for the next couple of months, but we've been pretty active before that. And we plan to be very active after, you know, the heat dies down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that what happens with the events, as much as I love them and as, as, as effective as they can be, it's, a very time consuming thing because it's not just the day of the event. It's the day before when you're prepping, then it's the day of the event. And then there's kind of a recovery. So you kind of lose two days and a half, sometimes three. And um, the only other issue is it's kind of hard to gauge the, the benefit of it sometimes, right? You, you might get a ton of followers at one and you might not get much at another one, but that doesn't mean that someone important didn't see your brand, you know, a week or two later, or maybe a couple months down the line, that person remembers you and they go to your website or they, uh, they, they might be a mover and a shaker and contact you because they saw you at an event say, Hey man, we'd love to have you at this event. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And, um, it's just really valuable to get out there, shake hands. Yeah. It's uh, that's always kind of the tough, the the toughest one. Like I know for the summer for me is like, you would think, Hey, we're a t-shirt brand uh, and people wear t-shirts in the summer, but like, you can't really sell in the summer because uh, unfortunately we live in Florida and it rains every time. And unless you're doing an indoor <laughs> event, uh, I, I pretty much don't, I pretty much like, uh, to me, it's like Florida that summer is winter for us. Uh, and yeah. I pretty much just kind of fold up and just kind of look at other options, uh, you know, to be able to do and kind of market and get prepared for the fall. Uh, and then I pretty much use September, October, November, December as my, uh, as kind of like when I go all in and go nuts. Um, cause that's kind of when people are shopping and it's a little bit cooler and you're able to do more events. Um, and I think, for you guys, especially like, you know, and, and, and I kind of how I did it was because I originally when I did the first my first markets, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm by myself. So I kind of needed a buddy to help me in the beginning to kind of just help me with setup and I'll do all those things to kind of figure it out. And I basically what I did was I made myself goals of how I wanted to go. So like one year I was like, my goal is to do at least one event a month um, was my goal. And then and I obviously it was like that was like one of those things where yes, I could have probably done more, um, and made a lot more goal. But once again, I'm also the aspect of being, uh, 
you know, the aspect of being married and having kids, uh, you know, and all those things, you got to factor those things in. So, uh, and happy, happy life, you know, happy wife, happy life. Um, you got to kind of go that route. So one of the big things that I, uh, I did was that I actually went the route of going, um, looking at, you know, doing once a month. Then I went after like a little bit of time, I said, okay, it's time to go twice, at least twice a month and try to start figuring out things. Um, and that's kind of how I went, um, and build on it. And there's some, there's tons of events, obviously in Miami that you can kind of look at and kind of see. And then the other big thing I tell folks is, um, you know, use that time to kind of go check out other events. Like, even though you're not selling at them, doesn't mean you can't go rock your, wear your stuff and go to the event. Um, Mm -hmm. and then kind of do guerrilla marketing that way. Um, or even, you know, one thing that I did a lot of is like, when I see a new event, um, I don't just do it. I kind of go to the event. I'll go to the event. I'll walk around. I'll start talking to the vendors and I'll kind of be like, Hey, what's going on? I'm like, I'll be like, Hey, you know, you know, how you guys doing? Oh, I like your brand. And then you start asking them the questions like, Oh, how's the event? Has it been good? Um, what do you like about it? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's something you would do again? Like you kind of get that feedback from them. And as you get that feedback, you're then able to then kind of see like, okay, this might be an event for me, um, you know, that I may want to want to do in the future and kind of work it that way. I also look at it, every single event is a marketing experience is like a, just marketing. Um, Cause I kind of, if you go in, obviously I have, you, we want to have goals of selling, but if you can have goals of going in and, you know, saying, Hey, I want to be at my market. I want people to see my stuff. I want people to be able to talk to me. And we kind of have that conversation and we can talk about things and they'll be looking at my stuff and laughing. Cause you can tell from the distance, they look at you. I mean, those are the mm-hmm. things that I appreciate and that I love. Um, when you have that, when you see that, and then you can kind of like, Oh, you like that. Huh? You like that. And I, I see you, <laughs> I see you from over there. I saw you, you were trying to figure out what the heck this is, you know, and then you kind of build that relationship. Um, and then a lot of times I try to really, you know, and it, and it's all different on how people want to do it. I, I'm a saw, I, I should sell. I'm like, I sometimes tell people I'm bad at business because I really make it as like, people are going to buy if they want to buy. And a lot of times if they see the passion and they love your stuff, they're going to buy it. And I don't have to force you and be like, oh, you want you want me to buy it? Like, I, I'm not I'm not car salesman. I'm like, if you're going to either yeah. because at the end of the day, what I want is I want people to leave, um, at least for me, I want people to leave going, dude, this guy's obsessed with sandwiches. I'm either going to go eat a sandwich for him. Or I'm going to go somewhere. Or I'm going to buy something. Or when I think of him, you know, and do that. And that's kind of the same thing. And you guys, you know, it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, man, that was such a funny thing. I saw that you know, with 305, that's so great. I'm like, so that's something that I think is, uh, is pretty phenomenal, um, that you guys are doing and everything like that. But, um, no, I agree with you. And I think part of that for us is, um, we try to find events that are gonna, that are going to facilitate that kind of experience. Right. So I know that like early on, um, another brand that we work or that we're friendly with, they were like, Hey, why don't you guys try, um, to doing this little thing at the mall? And I just remember thinking to myself, like, Oh my God, that sounds absolutely horrible. Because I'm like, the mall is like, if you do an event there, it's kind of like that kiosk experience. These people think that you're like a Mm -hmm. leper. They won't even look at you. They just zip right by. But an event, like a concert, you know what I mean? Where somebody wants to be there, like totally different. Have you guys, I've been, I was thinking about you guys. Have you guys done or looked at markets for makers? We have have looked at it. I think that would be a decent one for you in Miami being there because it obviously is, uh, it's an interesting group of, of makers there. And I think that's always a great one to be able to do. Uh, and, and the other big one also obviously is always trying to figure out, um, for you guys is trying to figure out like, 
you know, like I have some friends that used to do always do like markets and like do the constant market every week. And, and I kind of, to me, that just didn't work for me as much as I wanted to. So it's kind of trying to figure out like what's a monthly market that I can consistently do and be present at um, is always one of those where I kind of always think that's interesting for it, for it. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask a little bit about, cause like you guys have a really good mix and I know you guys brought it up, but you have a really good mix of like Cuban culture, Miami, retro 80, 90s, like the Miamiisms. Like what, so tell me a little bit about your design and creative process. Like what, what do you guys do when you guys sit down and like, what, how do you guys like, you know, I guess shoot it and, and, and kind of come up with, you know, concoct what your idea is going to be and what you're going to make into a sticker or a shirt or a pen oh, so or whatever. So going to tell you that because he's the creative force, but I'll tell you my favorite time of the week. And that's when yeah. he comes over with his little black book full of sketches. And we sit there and he doesn't even have to say a word. I just grab it from him and I'm flipping through it. And I'm just like chuckling and laughing. And man, that's to me, that's my favorite time because he's his mind is out of this world. But I get it. You know what I mean? And he can put things together that I can't I can't even fathom. I mean, are you a designer for your brand, Biggie, or no? So I'm not a designer. I actually, but I'm the visionary of it. So like I come up with everything and I'm kind of like Emilio in the sense that I do okay. a lot of the stuff because I see it. I just suck at it. So that's kind of how I work it. So my question then is, Lino, do you go and like on your side of it? Cause obviously you, you enjoy what Emilio is doing, but do you at the same time, like, are you writing down? Or are you guys texting each other during the week? Like, dude, what about this? Cause like, I, I could only imagine like, you know, like a, an idea, like maybe a saying or a phrase um, like the sana sana, you know, things like that. Like little things like that are like those things that you guys have like discussed, or do you guys kind of like think about and then kind of be like, Oh my God, like, what will we do with this? Like, is that kind of how yeah. sometimes it works or does Emilio usually come with a design and you're like, well, what do we like, you know, kind of almost like you're, almost like you're mixing and matching you know what i mean like you're mixing and matching like a phrase or a concept with the art and then mixing it or how do you you know how does that go about whatsapp chat is pretty much us just you know just talking smack back and forth and cracking jokes and just bouncing off different ideas what i try to never do is kind of interfere with his creative process that was like one of the things that we said from the get-go i was like dude i'm not ever going to change you you know what i mean like i'm not going to be here and tell you like hey you know what we have to do we have to do shirts with Ferraris on it because that's what people love. They love Ferraris. Like, I'm just like, hey, we have a very similar likes and dislikes. Um, and then we'll crack some jokes and he'll be like, oh, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh, what if we just change this word? But the actual design, that's that's the man right there. He's the one that comes up with that stuff. Okay. Yeah, Biggie, maybe you've dealt with this before. Sometimes you'll get an idea and you know immediately this is a terrible idea. But for the life of me, I can't get it out of my head until I do something with it, write it down, throw it away. I just, mm -hmm. I have to do something yeah. with it. And if I can give you an example, I heard like the, I heard the song the other day. Um, uh, <clears throat> you give love a bad name. I just want to sing. But yeah. like, I heard that song and then I thought, oh, it sounds like he said glove. And I thought to myself, man, who would give gloves a bad name? Oh, OJ Simpson. Okay, so now my head's running. What if OJ Simpson was on the cover and he had a glove and it was, you give glove a bad name and all of a sudden I'm down this rabbit hole and I've spent two hours on a thing that has no, it has no reason existing, right? But um, that is what it's like 
with the you know the creative stuff sometimes you're locked in the trunk and the idea is driving the car and sometimes you're driving the car yeah no i i i totally get that um and i i love the the fact that you guys go back and forth i think that's to me that's like the as a person that's by myself as a solo uh brand it's that's always the thing i miss is the the brainstorming yeah. sessions um to be able to bounce off of somebody because uh, and, and there really isn't ever a bad idea like that. I literally have notebooks around everywhere, my phone everywhere, where I literally am just writing ding- things down, um, little phrases or anything that I hear or things that I see. Uh, I'm like, oh, what about this? And, and so I totally get, um, you know, doing that. And then sometimes you just need someone else to look at it. And who knows? There's things that you probably have in your little black notebook that you flip through that you've done in the very beginning that later on is going to connect to something else. Uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, my God, what if we did this and this and we put them together and we did that? Mm-hmm. So uh, I totally get that. I totally get that. I'll tell you one of my favorites, even though I'm not a Miami Heat fan. So like I'm not a Miami Heat fan. I am Cuban. So obviously, like that's the reason why I have like the Cuban bread, the, the medianoche, the Cuban sandwich, which is funny because that's whenever someone sees me. And if you were to see me, you probably think I'm Italian. But when you see me uh, and then most of the time people are like, oh, you're Cuban. And I'm like, how do you know? I'm like, oh, because you have all these things. Um, but one of the the, the concepts that I love, uh, mommy's heat, which is literally which is literally like I love it. It's like your take on the Miami Heat logo, but it's a chancleta, which is a flip flop, which anyone, anyone who's got family knows that, you know, when that chancleta or the flip-flop comes at you, it that there's some heat coming to you. Um, I absolutely love that one. I, I absolutely love, like, the newest one I saw um, was one of the shirts that I saw I, or recently, the Chiquita Havana. Um, like, great, great concept. And obviously, I wanted to kind of ask a little bit about um, the other one that I know got some love from um, who, you know, my, the, the conga queen of all Gloria Stefan, you have one that's called, you had a sticker that you did is called Gloria Estefan, which mm-hmm. was pure gold. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of those, like where, where some of those ideas have come from and then kind of like I, the, like your spins on like the eighties and nineties stuff. Um, I've seen some wrestling stuff. Um, you know, things like that, like old school WWF, uh, and, and I just kind of wanted to like, kind of hit a little bit more about some of those, like where, you know, some of those where you're like, Hey, these are the designs we wanted to start with. Um, they just, they just, they just, you know, they called to us. Yeah. So early on, we came up with two mascots because at the time stimulus checks were coming out a lot. And I thought, Oh man, it's funny because, um, coffee is kind of a stimulant. So is, you know, the stimulus check. And so are, um, you know, you're, if you get hit with a chanclet, that's kind of a stimulant too. But yeah. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, let's make stimulus pack. And I was pitching it with Lino and we, you know, we thought, okay, what's the best way int- to introduce these characters. And we did like these little comic strips. We've got a couple of them peppered out through our Instagram feed. And the first one that we did was our coffee character, who's like a Cuban cafetera. Yep. This is a it's an espresso. It's, a, it's an espresso maker that you put on the stovetop that actually many people use because mm-hmm. it's a great espresso maker. Uh, it is OG espresso maker. So we made a cartoon character out of that. And his best friend or his buddy is Stimmy, who's a stimulus check. And something very, very known in Miami, maybe just amongst Latin culture in general, is that we're not necessarily on time a lot. 
you know so they say you know Spanish time or whatever. It's a joke. It's a running gag. So part of the joke was, you know, stimulus checks were always late, but they're always on time. So we were playing with that. We're playing with the, the, the cafetera. And the first comic is, is um, Joe, the cafetera character, you know, pitching uh, an idea to Stimmy, who is a stimulus check. Obviously he has money. So maybe he can fund this guy's idea. Yeah. And um you know, caffeine is kind of like a PED. So most of us use it as a performance enhancing drug. So here he is, he's always, you know, got energy, he's got ideas. So he's pitching him the idea of only flans instead of only fans. And basically, hey, if you want to invest in this uh, idea I have, the, the second part of that was to introduce potential investors. So Gloria Esteflan would be one of the potential investors. And so we made a cartoon or a little character of that. And that's that's a sticker at this point. But we're going to probably explore more little comics and things with that. Um, it's really one of the more fun verticals that we're working on. Yeah. With the I was going to say, and this is part of the fun of working together. Because I mean, essentially, we're like doing this stuff for an audience of two you know what I mean like he's like hey what do you think of this and I'm like oh my god that's so good go ahead and do it and like we're just popping each other all day and yeah. like and we're like oh, eventually you know we can't be the only people that find this funny somebody's gonna this is gonna bring enjoyment to somebody um and that's just kind of like what we do so to to answer I think the question that you were asking originally is like like how do we decide like it would be one of those things where like, man like I would tell him like I need that shirt so when yeah. he brought out the uh, mommy's heat, um, you know, he had already kind of done a similar one um, before we had gotten together. So, but I, I, I'm like you, I'm like, no, this is genius. Like we have to do this again. I have to print yeah. this. I want to print this. Can we maybe do it in a different colorway? And we did the Miami Vice colorway and we did it. Um, but yeah, man, when he see when he comes out with something and I'm like, I have to wear it, like it's going into production, like regardless yeah. of whether we only print 12, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. No, I get it. And what I what I do love that you guys brought up is the fact that you're creating you're creating content, but you're creating you're creating like your own little universe and your own little thing that people can see and they're like that that is just con that is just content that people will want to keep going back to and looking at. Um, and it's not just you going, Hey, buy my stuff. Uh, you know, it's like providing, it's providing things. It's providing, you know, something to, to kind of show like, you know, this is like you said, like your, your soul, like this is what we enjoy doing. And, uh, and we're just sharing it with you. You guys get to be a part of it, um, along with me. So I think that's, uh, that's really kind of amazing what, how it kind of works. Um, so I know obviously Lino, you do the production side of the house, um, I know Amelia, you do the designing. So like, how does it work when you guys doing like, where's, where's all the stuff being kept, you know, like the, the merchandise you guys going and, you know, do you guys like when you guys meet up, does some of the meetup mean you guys are going and packing stuff up the packing orders up and getting stuff out? What's the, how's that kind of breaking up and how does that kind of work with you guys? This is a work in progress. This is one of our pain points right now because on top of the events and then top of fulfilling for the websites, we also have a few stores that we have some merchandise in um, and we're stretched really, really thin. So that's part of the reason why right now we've kind of scaled back a little bit on the events because we have the stores occupying stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is very much still a work in progress. You know, I think the ultimate answer is going to be bulking up the inventory so that everybody has a little space. And my personal dream 
not not a dream and it's attainable, but my idea is to have a little storage unit with everything that we need for an event, including its own separate inventory. And that way, if I'm out of town or Emilio needs it for whatever reason, you know, he can just pull up in there, load his truck up. And when he's done with the event, just put everything back. That would be ideal. But right now, it's just like you said, it's, you know, hey, come to my house, take what you need. You got to bring it back. You have fulfillment. Um, so right now, that's very much still a work in progress. What? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious now when you say that, because it, it triggers my brain. How do you how do you guys keep track of all your inventory then? Because obviously, um, I know you have the ability and and it is very smart. The fact that you guys are going black shirts and stuff like that, because then that way it's like an easy thing to constantly order. It's something that's a little bit more easy, obtainable wise um, and stuff like that. But how are you guys keeping track of all those things when you guys are doing fulfillment at you know, like if you're doing wholesale or, or shop or selling at different stores, um, plus all website and all that stuff. How's that? How are you guys kind of working that? Something. So great question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So some things do talk to each other. So when we're doing our point of sale, like a lot of that runs through Shopify. Emilio's taking care of that. Um, and then since I'm holding the inventory, I'm just constantly doing inventory check. It's something that I'm familiar with on uh, just from my other business. Yeah. So for me, it's not a big deal to really kind of keep tabs on it uh mistakes do happen you know what i mean sometimes we sell something that isn't in stock and if it's feasible i'll go in there i'll print one really quick and then just go and adjust it on the website um, which has happened but we take care of it but um yeah i think i I don't really think there's like a secret sauce man it'd be awesome to have inventory like dialed in 100 but stuff happens you know what i mean sometimes you pull a shirt and it has a hole in it that you didn't notice it until the very second that you're packing it Mm -hmm. up and you're like can't send this, but it was my last one. So, um, yeah, you just have to be flexible with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I think, um, at least in my experience, we've been pretty good about it. Um, one of the tools that we use at live events is, uh, we use a Shopify card reader. So that way our inventory is being updated on the website, not something we have to go back and do after the fact. Right. So that helps us maintain, a, a nice transparency on where our numbers are. And, um, you know, like you said, there's always, there's always a curveball in there, but for the most part, I think we've, we've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. That's always, uh, it's always interesting. I've talked to some people that they actually split the inventory. They have an outdoor inventory. They have one that's in house. Um, I sometimes feel like th- that would be great if I had a, a crap load of inventory, but if you right. don't, then, Obviously, uh, everyone plays in one happy family and you just figure it out. Um, So I definitely uh, understand that. Um, Has there been an idea or a design that you guys thought would kill and it just didn't? And and if if that's the case, what what's what what did you learn from it? Man, um, I mean, that's a great question, because. I think expectation is the issue there, right? Yep. And that has more to do with not letting yourself feel down about it. I think there's been a couple of them that maybe didn't sell as much as we wanted in the beginning. And then all of a sudden they did well. Yeah, exactly. Some that started really well and then kind of slowed down. And um, I think the only time we felt bad about it was when we our expectation didn't match the outcome. So I think it has more to do with that side of it. There's so many variables that come into play because 
there are, I mean, tech, there's millions of people that you could essentially show your thing to. And sometimes you get caught up in, man, that didn't sell well. But the truth is you didn't even show it to everybody. Right. Like there's so many people that didn't see it. And if you maybe stick with it a little longer, you might get the push or you might get that rush that you were hoping for. Mm -hmm. So it's just important to kind of have the right perspective. Um, the good news is that most things that we print, we've been pretty strategic about. If we know something's going to do good, we print with that, in, with that in mind. If we think something is just kind of a feeler, we won't overextend ourselves. So to answer your question the long way, no, we haven't had anything that really killed us, but we have uh, our expectations haven't always necessarily matched the outcome. I'll, uh, I'll tell you this one story. So we had this design. It was on a green shirt and I pushed oh, yeah. for it so hard because I had read something and like it said, hey, this green shirt is going to be what's in this summer. So I tell him like, no, we're printing a buttload of them. It's going to be great. I like this design and we're going to do it. Put it on the website. Nothing. And I'm like, oof. And even when I got the green shirt, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't wear green shirts. I wear black shirts. So it's and that's our, our rule. We broke our yeah, yeah. For, for just this like reason. So I'm sitting there and like we would go to events and stuff like that, and I'd be like, Man, we're never gonna sell these shirts. And then all of a sudden they just started selling yeah. every single yeah. week. People started buying them, people started buying, people brought friends, and I'm just like, I don't yeah, and now we've sold them all. So it was just one of those things. The first couple of markets that we went to, for whatever reason, nobody was attracted to it, but then you got in front of a different crowd and I guess those people were into it. Yep. Um, so it's big, like Emilio said, you just have to get in front of the right person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Biggie, I'm sure you can attest to this. Sometimes there's a design, um, like you said earlier, you can sell when people see something from afar and they're smiling. You know, that's the best feeling at a live event. Yeah. You can tell sometimes there's a design that doesn't necessarily uh, click with everybody, but the person that it clicks with has to get it. And it's amazing that that particular shirt that Lino's speaking about is that exactly you either didn't find any interest in the shirt or you absolutely had to have yeah. that shirt. Yeah. It was two super niche things. And if you yeah. got one of them, you like the shirt. But if you got both of them, man, that was your favorite shirt. All right, so you're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask, what is that? What was the design? Because you can't just give me. OK, and then so it was a it was a crypto design. Okay. Uh, and it was called Crypto Man, and it was a spin of um, the Dodge. Macho Man. Yeah, and Macho Man Randy Savage. So if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't yeah. see the Macho Man reference. And if you're not a crypto person, you don't get that reference either. Yeah. But if you get one of the references, you're okay. If you get both of the references, oh, my God. You're loving it. Oh, well, I mean, it makes sense considering crypto is very big and, like, Miami's pushing for that. Like, they have, like, the mm -hmm. with the bull and all that stuff, like, the all those different things I've seen. So yeah, it makes total sense. Um, you know, and that's kind of, it's true. I mean, I think the hardest part, and even for me sometimes when I, especially when I look at like my room and I look at inventory and I'm like, my God. And a lot of times I tend to forget that, you know, like you said, uh, Emilio is like, we have people that don't, you know, we're a small, we're just like a small infinite little like speck in the internet and in the world to see. And so a lot of times people just don't know and the right person just hasn't seen it. Uh, and either then either a, you have to figure out a way to market it um, and use online marketing to kind of market it to and reach those people. Um, or you got to make sure to figure out a way to get it to those people and, and into their, into that, you know, space of where you think is the, is the, is the client. 
Um, and sometimes you don't even know that, that maybe it's like, you know, like I have a friend who does, you know, one of my previous guests brought beard care. One of his main guests, people that buy his stuff are females because they buy the stuff for their man. Um, you know, and it's kind of like how it works. Same thing with like, uh, the, the ball, you know, balls, a uh, ballsy brand, um, females were buying their stuff. Um, and they didn't even think about it. And it wasn't until they did it, they did it as like a freak, uh, thing to market. So you sometimes just don't know where it is. Um, you know, what, what it is and who it is. That's gonna, what, like, I guess what your secret sauce mm -hmm. is to get it to the right person. The, the key element is obviously like the patience part, right? Like of like, you know, mm -hmm. of like, you know, not sticking with it and, and like, you know, and, and cause some people would, will kind of, you know, after a little bit, they'll be like, forget that, man, I'm putting, putting it on sale. No one wants it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the hell? Everyone's buying it on sale. And, and it's like, oh, because now those people started seeing it. Cause one, one person bought it and told everybody, Hey, I bought this shirt. It looks great. And then they are like, everyone's buying it. You're like, man, I'm like, put that thing back to regular price. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I, uh, I get it, man. I get it. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask, cause I, I go, I, I, and I don't know, Lino, if you also listen to uh, a lot of podcasts, but I know, uh, Emilio does. And I kind of, you know, I know you guys listen to a lot of different podcasts besides mine. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to see, to get from you, what you've either heard or you've gone or what exact, like, what are some tips or advice you've heard or learned along the way that you would share with someone who's starting to run a small business or want to start something? Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So I, my day job as a freelancer and also designer is I've built a ton of brands, you know, I've helped a ton of people start and grow something. And one of the main things that I noticed is if you're hyper creative, you may lack uh, organization. And if you're super organized, you may lack creativity. So I would say if whichever one of those you're stronger in, try to work on the weaker side, either, either find uh, people you can trust that are in that other space for you to help you kind of round out that aspect of it. And obviously not every business requires creativity, but assuming you're in maybe something like this, you, you know, it's incredibly valuable, right? So I would say that is just to give you an example, my buddy, the one I mentioned earlier, my childhood friend told me a long time ago, he said, time is a tool. And um, I immediately brushed it off like, yeah, bro. Yeah, right. Time is a tool. But it took me, you know, it took me a while to mature and really look at it and understand perspective wise that if you can plan things ahead, right, it's a tool, you know, um, if you're always chasing the deadline, if you're always behind the, the ball, you're going to always feel like it's a constraint. So that was a very powerful message that he, uh, he bestowed upon me. And I've, I've been trying my best to apply it. I'm not a master by any way, anyway, but um, it's something that I think is super useful. Just get organized. Yeah. What about you, Lena? What you got? Man, the best advice that I have for somebody is um, no matter what is going on in your head, uh, when you decide to go into business for yourself, like, don't let it keep you down. Just keep going because your, your thoughts and stuff like that, they'll betray you. They'll put you down. And what I will say is if you let that stuff get to you and if you go home early that day, you don't know what was going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Cause I've had days where I wake up and I'm like, this has gone south and I just keep chipping away, keep chipping away. 
And then I get a phone call that completely turns everything around. And if you check out when the going gets tough, you'll never get that other call. So you got to keep taking steps forward, no matter how bad it feels. Yeah. No, I, those are, uh, those are phenomenal, uh, phenomenal things to, to share. And, and it's kind of, um, what's interesting is like there, it, it kind of goes in hand also with the idea that, um, and I'm kind of curious if you guys have this, um, do you guys ever have those moments where, um, like when you kind of almost like when you're in those dump and like, even and, and sometimes even like in the world of not just in the, the world of like getting, I guess, work and stuff like that, but also just kind of the aspect of when you're feeling doubts or having second thoughts of what you're creating and doing. Um, and then all of a sudden someone will come by and reach out to you and make a comment like, dude, this is so great. I'm so glad you do this. And, and you get like that little extra vote of confidence mm -hmm. sure. that you need, uh, along the way. And I think it's so important, like when you're, when you're trying to provide that and create that community, uh, even with each other, um, to be able to kind of do that, to kind of prop each other up and kind of give, you know, I, there's like a, there's a plenty of space, uh, like space for success for all of us. And, uh, and I think that's kind of one of the big things that I kind of see, uh, when it comes to that is like, yeah, you know, like, you know, sometimes if, if, if you're having those moments, um, one of my guests, uh, recently said Hinckley's, uh, fancy meets was on, on, uh, was on, and he basically said, he goes, Hey, he's like, sometimes I just don't have time to look at what other people are doing. I just put my head down and I just go. Um, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to just kind of grind it out and, and make it. And if you believe in what you're doing, you just got to keep doing it. Um, and, and kind of, and, you know, keep, uh, keep moving, moving in that direction. So I think it's, uh, I think that's awesome. Where can, uh, where can people find you, follow you guys shop for 305 pride, uh, give all the information. Where can they see all that stuff? Absolutely. 305 pride.com. Same on IG. We have a terribly, uh, unsupported TikTok account that you can go to if you'd like, but I'd highly recommend you stay away from that. Go to those two are our biggest spaces. And if you really want some cool content, sign up for our newsletter. Um, we're kind of, you know, our sense of humor is a little, a little out there, but you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. Nice. Uh, well, I really, I really appreciate you guys, um, spending some time with me today and talking with me. I think it's, a it was a lot of fun, uh, being able to finally, uh, see each other, um, on, uh, on zoom and, and talk. Uh, and I'm, and I'm really hoping, uh, I, I really do appreciate you all the support you guys have given me as well. Um, all this time, um, that's our show. Biggie. Yes. Sorry, man. Yeah. I have to interrupt Please. you, brother. You cannot end the show without me giving you some flowers, bro. I don't think anyone ever has has had a chance to tell you how cool it is that you take your time and this platform to support all these up and coming brands. And it's really cool of you, man. I really, you know, I, like I said, I've been listening to your podcast. I went back retroactively, listened to every episode. And I really, uh, I really am happy that someone like you exists and is out here doing this incredible work, man. So, you know. Kudos to you, brother. I, uh, yeah, great work. I, I appreciate it. Um, I think to me, the it's funny because like this is a, this is literally just something that I I've, I'm passionate about in the sense that I just, I just love seeing people hustle, man, and doing something that they love. And I think that's like, 
for me, the, I, I, you know, I'm one of those where I'm like, it's okay. We, there's plenty, there's plenty of room for all of us to grow and, and help each other up uh, and make each other better. And we could all be successful. And I, and I think that's kind of my biggest thing. And, and it was just something that I, I had a lot of people tell me like, why would anyone want to do this? Why? Like you're, that has nothing to do with it. You're not making any sales. You're not pushing anything. And I'm like, uh, it, it, that's not what it's about. I'm like, I just kind of really, you know, I'm like, I want to be able to give some, inspire someone if someone gets inspired by it then i i think we're doing we're doing the right thing you know and like and we're helping someone else and if i can get some people to follow you guys and learn about you guys uh and you know and you guys get a little bit of get a little bit of help um you know some more followers maybe some more tiktok followers then uh then then we're doing then i'm doing okay uh you know so i i really do appreciate it um i appreciate all the support that you've uh you know, I always appreciate the comments that you leave on, on my Instagram and the messages that you guys leave me, uh, as well. I, I, I trust me, I truly appreciate it because sometimes when you do things like this, you basically are doing it and you have no idea who the hell's listening to you. So, um, so I definitely appreciate it. Um, and with that, that is our show for today. Thank you so much to 305 Pride. Thank you to Emilio and Lino for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check out their stuff online, 305 Pride. Um, I trust me, you, you, if you, you know, wait, I'm waiting for some things to get back on stock so I can buy some. Um, even though I'm not a Heat fan, I'm definitely buying some of that mommy's heat. Uh, you know, and uh, if, but you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure um, to subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Um, if you want to support and support my brand, check out Deli Fresh Threads. Um, you could do some shopping spread it like pb and j obviously i'm always down for uh sandwich selfies if you take one um thank you until next time keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion thanks everyone